Kenya hikes key interest rate and we take a more in-depth look at the U.S. and Africa relations. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I'm Tulu Diale. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial. You can find me at Tulu underscore Diale. Your main story is brought to you by Ainon Bank PLC. Ainon Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris kicks off Africa trip. Itinerary includes three nights in Ghana, two nights in Tanzania, and one in Zambia. In Ghana, she pledged more than 100 million U.S. dollars in aid package to the country. She said she was very excited about the future of Africa, adding that she would be discussing issues like increasing food security, climate change, and growing investment on the continent. A call dog managing partner with Oris Consulting joins us for this episode to give this visit more context and if it is really about strengthening diplomatic ties with Africa. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris is in Africa. What do you think about this trip? Kamala Harris will be traveling to, is currently in Africa on a tour, where she'll be going to Ghana, Tanzania, and Zambia. I don't think this means anything to Africa. I think this is just the first attempt by the Biden administration to try to pivot to Africa and counter the influence of China and Russia in Africa. Some of the things that have been happening in Africa uh, have caught the eye of the U.S. government, particularly in the resource sector, because now China has developed a strong footprint in Africa. Many, and it's in many of the 54 countries of Africa. It's investments in agriculture and oil and gas and mining and minerals. So this is an attempt by the Biden administration to try to start a conversation with Africa about changing its relations with China and try to offer an alternative. What does this trip mean for U.S. and Africa relations? What I think this trip is an as first attempt by the U.S. government to try to woo Africa and try to change the conversation about African relations with the, the West. Historically, Africa has been seen as not an important continent, and many uh, Africa, uh, many European and uh, American governments have neglected Africa. So what this means is for the U.S.-Africa relations is this is a new page. This is a new page uh, and, and a new chapter for U.S.-Africa relations. Last year, you saw the U.S.-Africa Leader Summit, and you see a lot of initiatives have been taking place. So it means that now Africa is being recognized and Africa is being considered, which is a positive step in my point of view. And how has the role of China played in U.S. foreign policy? Well, China has been currently developing a strong footprint in Africa. And you look at what China's policy is. China is developing economic relationship with African countries. They're offering loans investments, uh, scholarships, uh, capital, and all sorts of economic cooperation to support development in Africa. Currently, China is building roads, airports, hospitals, schools across Africa, and it's developed a very good relation with these African countries. And China has provided something that African countries have needed, and that's capital and investment. Uh, African countries have have been seen as a risky place, particularly by Western countries uh, in Europe and the West. But China has decided to take that risk and then invest in Africa. And this has caught the eye of Europe and it's caught the eye of the U.S. And now the question is, how do you offer an alternative to this? Where the policy of the West is sanctions, uh, political pressure. China has provided a relationship where they focus on economic cooperation and allow these countries to govern their countries freely. Lastly, how should African countries approach their relationships with global superpowers? African countries should approach their relationship with these superpowers from the lens of interests. What do they want exactly? We first have to make it clear, Africa is not a monolith. It's a diverse group of countries. It's a continent. And every country has its own specific foreign policy, political, economic, and security agendas. So when approaching any superpower, if it's China, 
Russia, the United States, Africa has to look, what is our political, economic, and security interest? And what do we want to get out of these relationships? And we have to focus on how can we ensure that this relationship is mutual, but also does not put us in a compromising situation. For a quick look at the markets, the market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. During its March meeting, the Kenyan Central Bank raised its benchmark interest rate by 75 basis points to 9.5%, surprising markets that had been expecting a smaller 25 basis point increase. In order to anchor inflation expectations, policymakers noted the sustained inflationary pressures, the elevated global pressure risks, and their potential impact on the domestic economy. The annual inflation rate in Kenya accelerated to 9.2% in February from just 9% in January, above market focus of 8.8% and the central bank's preferred range of 2.5% to 7.5%. Moving forward, the committee said it will closely monitor the impact of the policy measures and developments in the global and domestic economy and stands ready to take additional measures as necessary. The committee will meet again in May 2023 but remains ready to reconvene earlier if necessary. Let's take a quick trip around Africa. Senegal's largest cement producer, Sokosum Industries, has secured a 242 million euros finance package from the International Finance Corporation, which is a private sector arm of the World Bank Group, to build a new production line at its Rufusik cement plant in the Dakar region. Sokosum Industries, a subsidiary of France-based multinational Vicat, is currently responsible for around 4 million tons of cement production per year which is more than any other player in Senegal's cement industry. By comparison, Africa's largest cement producer, Dangota Cement, sold around 10 million tons of cement in 2022. The IFC's finance package comprises a 120 million euros loan from its own account and 122 million euros in local currency parallel loans. Society General Senegal has been appointed as the administrative agent to manage the local currency financing, while the other Lenders include CBAO Group Bank, International Bank for Trade and Industry of Senegal, and Ecobank Senegal. The annual inflation rate in Botswana eased for the second month to 9.1% in February 2023, down from 9.3% in the prior month. It was the lowest reading since December 2021 as transportation prices continued to ease, standing at 14.3% versus 15.4% in January. The purchase of vehicles stands at 12.3% versus 16.6%. Softer increases were also recorded for miscellaneous goods and services, which currently stand at 8.5% compared to 8.7%. Recreation and culture are now currently at 3.3% and prior and previously at 3.5%, among others. Meanwhile, prices accelerated further for food and non-alcoholic beverages, which currently are at 17.3%, compared to 17.2%. On account of oils and fats, which are at 36.3% versus 37.4%, and breads of cereal currently stand at 26% versus 25.8%. Clothing and footwear remains at 5.6% versus a 5.3%, and furnishings and household equipment are currently at 6.3%, which were previously at 6.2%. On a monthly basis, consumer prices edged up by 0.1% after decreasing by 0.6% in the previous month. The International Fund for Agricultural Development and Ministry of Finance, 
budget and economic planning signed a three million US dollar grant to help mitigate the ongoing impact of the Ukraine crisis. Agriculture is the backbone of Burundi's economy and is the primary livelihood for 90% of the country's population. But the inflationary effects the Ukraine crisis has had on food and fertilizer prices, the situation has become dire. Putting these commodities out of reach of Burundi and many other countries that import them. The funds will be dispersed through the Agricultural Production, Intensification and Vulnerability Reduction Program to help 255,480 poor rural people protect their livelihoods and safeguard their food security. Small-scale farmers in Giteda, Garusi, Gayazi, Ngozi and Muyingi will receive hybrid maize seeds climate-resilient vegetable seeds, mushroom and pig kids. To date, the IFAD has co-financed 14 projects and programs in Burundi for a total investment of 681 million US dollars, reaching over 1 million rural households. Thank you for always waking up with us from 700 cities at 112 countries. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial and if you have any suggestions or want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. You can find me at Solo underscore the